What is going on, everybody? Tyler here with your Thought Load Thursday. And I have a really cool, interesting topic today on, on lower back pain, lower back injury. I'm going to get into a little bit about um, walking barefoot and barefoot shoes is something I've kind of gotten turned on to here recently. But to start out, uh, this, this topic kind of came to me today because I did end up hurting uh, my back this past Sunday. Uh, at the gym doing a hack squat, something that if you're interested in seeing what that is, I'm sure there's YouTube videos about that, but got myself in a little precarious position and little twinge, little pop in the lower back area. I'm sure a lot of people have experienced that before. So I did a little, little reading here, found a couple good articles um, from some spinal surgeons, as well as some, some stuff from chiropractors um, as well. So um, really what, what brought it on is I, I've, I've had issues with my lower back for a while. I've kind of popped it out, um, a handful of times, mostly, mostly at work. Um, you know, this time happened to be in the gym. I've, I've done it picking up one of my boys as well. Um, in a bad position, but, um, I feel like this topic can apply to a lot of people, uh, just looking at a couple stats, you know, this one from, um, the Cleveland Clinic, or excuse me, from uh, Georgetown, uh, says nearly 65 million Americans have reported a recent episode of back pain. Uh, this was from 2017. Um, nearly 8% of adults experience persistent or chronic back pain. Um, as a result, they're limited in everyday activities. And the stat from the Cleveland Clinic that I saw was four out of five people have experienced some sort of lower back injury or back pain um, in in their lifetime. So it, it's something that a lot of us have dealt with, and um, hopefully, you know, it took me, you know, six or seven times of of injuring myself this way to really dive in and try to understand what it is that's actually happening. So. I found a great article on Spine Universe. Um, this this website is uh, there's a lot of surgeons, spinal surgeons, and and docs that uh, collaborate on posting articles on this site. So it's a great great resource um, to have. But the first thing here is was what what do we mean when we say we threw out our back? Because we didn't really throw it anywhere, right? It was just kind of a just kind of a term that we use. And and basically when when we talk about throwing out our back, it means that we did some sort of twist, turn, even cough or sneeze, or we lifted something in the wrong way, uh, says David Hanscom, who's an MD, he's an orthopedic complex spinal deformity surgeon, and he also wrote the book, Do You Really Need Spine Surgery? So this guy's got some credibility. Basically, he says, if you look at it, the equivalent of throwing your back out is just like spraining your ankle. I'm sure most most of us have done that in our lifetime as well, especially growing up playing sports or anything. Uh, I've definitely had my fair share of ankle sprains on the on the soccer field or or the baseball diamond. And so Hanscom goes and says it's it's very painful talking about an ankle sprain, and you may not necessarily see a tear, but you've injured ligaments and it hurts a lot. And the same thing can happen in the back. And so, like I said before, most of us have definitely experienced uh, some acute pain in the lower region of our backs or the lumbar spine, if you want to use a technical term. 
and you can basically do it at any age doing any activity uh, it's more prevalent the older you get uh, is, is what I is what I was reading but anything from gardening to bending over and picking something up um, but even something as minor as a big sneeze uh, I've, I know my, my boss uh, at the golf course sneezed once and blew out his lower back and was was basically out for like a week um, just from sneezing so it, it it's pretty weird and, and sensitive but going back to the ankle sprain example basically when you sprain your ankle you mobilize it right you know you put some sort of, of splint or or wrap around it because um, you don't have very large muscles around the ankle as you do in the back and the interesting thing that I saw was and read here is what happens in any part of the body is anytime that you injure tissue, your muscles automatically spasm to act like a splint. And for me, like that made a lot of sense because as soon as as soon as I cooled down sort of from from the workout I was doing and the lower part of my back started to it started to hurt because it didn't hurt initially initially, but it um I could feel like the left side of my lower back was like extremely rigid and I had a little bit of a slight lean to my right. So like my pelvis, like my hip, like my left hip was kind of pointing forward and like up. Um, and so it made a lot of sense that those muscles were acting as a splint. And it really, I connected, started to connect the dots after I went to my first chiropractor appointment on Monday. So a day after injury, um, I felt way worse walking out of the office, which I hadn't really experienced before. Um, and it made perfect sense because at least the chiropractor that I go to will put you on a, a muscle stim machine. So it'll, it'll pump waves at the muscles, um, wherever the, uh, the electrodes are point or, uh, are placed on your back and it will loosen those muscles so then the chiropractor can come in and, and rotate what, what he needs to rotate and try to get back in position uh, what, what needs to be uh, reoriented. And basically, I felt okay walking into the office because you know my whole left side was rigid acting as that splint. And then when the uh, muscle stim happened and I tried, went to get up off the table, I didn't have that splint anymore. So I had my spine was still injured, but I didn't have the muscles there to sort of protect it. So there was just a lot more pain and soreness, a lot more pressure on the spinal cord. Cause what happens is those, those discs or whatever disc that you injure, it starts to protrude from the, the vertebrae that it's in between and it starts pushing up against the spinal cord. And the role of the chiropractor is to facilitate a rotation to where it allows that disc to you know, sort of slide or, or, um, you know, gel kind of back into place. And just by, by learning about that, our muscles spasm and protect any area of injured tissue, um, that really started to connect the dots there. I thought that was an interesting, um, thing. And, and obviously some of the largest muscles that we have are in our lower back, which is why this, this can take a lot of, of time to heal. And those muscles can seriously scream and, and spasm and, and really add into the pain. So um, kind of going into what what's happening in your back at time of injury and what happens is 
most of the time when you do throw out your back, you have a small ligament strain or something called an annular tear, which is a tear in the ligament that connects your vertebra to the disc. And so when you're standing upright and lifting properly, your discs kind of work as like a hydraulic system. Everything kind of kind of flows. Um, it, they your discs cushion the vertebrae and kind of disperse the the load that's being put on them. But as soon as you bend over, not using your legs, the, that back part of the spine starts to open up a lot. And now instead of having that hydraulic effect, you have a, basically a shearing that comes across the disc. And what Hanscom goes on to say is then if you start to bend and twist when you're lifting solely with your back, that pressure across the disc is increased by up to 400%, which is a nice recipe for essentially blowing your back out, which, which is what uh, a lot of us have experienced, including myself. And basically he says that the easiest way, and I've heard this so many times, I'm sure all of you have as well as lift with your legs, not your back. You know, you got to keep your back straight and let those hydraulic tissues, you know, do, do their work in balancing, but it's extremely important to, to lift with your legs and keeping and keeping your back straight. So a few misconceptions, I think that are good to point out about throwing your back out. Um, this is from a chiropractor, Jordan Duncan, who is the owner of Silverdale Sport and Spine, which is a clinic specializing in difficult to treat musculoskeletal pain conditions just outside of Seattle. He talks about he's not really sure where the term throwing your back actually came from. Uh, it can be misleading. Uh, he's quoted by saying, you didn't throw your back anywhere. It's sort of like saying you blew out your knee. The terminology can be fairly harmful to some people because of the fear associated with it. And fear can be significant when it comes to back issues. And that's interesting to point out because this, this time in particular, because I have a golf tournament this weekend. And as soon as I felt that twinge in my back at the gym, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Am I going to be able to play golf on Saturday? Like, I can't miss this tournament. You know, all, all these things start creeping in your mind. And what's really interesting that he points out is, you know, people will ask, you know, what have I done to my back? Will it get better? Will I ever walk normally again? And he points out an interesting study that I, I want to look into further. But he says, what we now know is that fear is inflammatory. So when people are afraid, their immune system fires up and they can feel that pain even more. So basically, by being afraid of what the outcomes could be or, or what you actually did, you're amplifying your perception of the pain in the area. So, and like I said, I want to look at that study more or the the study that they cite here to just just to check that out because it, it seems pretty interesting to me that um, you know the way we perceive pain can be very very different across all all scales, especially when we are, um, when apparently when we're afraid of, of a certain outcome or of something, we, we can experience more pain, but I don't, I want to know if that makes the injury worse, if it makes it take longer to heal, or if that's just some kind of arbitrary measurement that, that our brain is experiencing, um, just because we're afraid. So a little, lot to, lot to learn there, um, for sure. But 
um, some easy treatments um, that, that they list here and that I've done is, is ice or heat, obviously. Um, the chiropractor that I go to really only recommends ice. Uh, he's told me a few times that um, while heat may feel really good, too, too much heat can actually make the problem worse. And I, I'm kind of kicking myself that I never asked him why, but my guess is is that the heat is going to loosen our muscles up and the more we loosen it, the less of that splinting effect that we have. And it might not allow um, that that disc or that tear to to heal itself as quickly when it's not guarded uh, by the muscles and it's experiencing just you know the, the weight of our of our body um, you know holding holding us up. Um, that, that would be my only guess. That'd be interesting, um, to figure out there, but, you know, obviously we've got back braces, um, anti-inflammatories are very, very helpful, whether it's Advil or ibuprofen, um, obviously physical therapy, if you have something, have something bad enough there, but I just thought a lot of that was really interesting and in, in connecting the dots, uh, for me, um, in regards to, you know, lower back injury. And, um, I know for sure that there are a lot of underlying factors. Like I know for me, my, my core and glutes are definitely not as strong as they need to be. Um, obviously still carrying a little bit of extra weight, uh, as well. So that doesn't, that doesn't help. Um, but strengthening those, those muscles, there's great resources online, um, of good back and core strengthening exercises. I know, uh, knees over toes guy, uh, Ben Patrick that, that we've talked about before on the podcast. Um, I have seen recently some great back exercises, uh, for him ranging, you know, all ages, all types of mobility. Um, you don't have to be able to put up a bunch of weight to, to strengthen your back. Um, so he's a great resource, um, knees over toes guy as well. But the other thing in my searching, um, for information on, on backs, back stuff when I was pretty much bedridden on Monday afternoon. Um, I came across, uh, the concept of, of walking barefoot more and then stumbled upon a bunch of different companies that made barefoot shoes, um, probably most commonly and, and well known as the, the Vibram or, or Vibram, uh, however you pronounce it, uh, five finger or five finger shoes, um, kind of, you know, all those individual toes I've, I'm sure you've seen, seen around before. And a couple of the cool things that made me want to get into this a little bit more. And, and, uh, I'm very, very uneducated on the topic and definitely want to keep learning more about it. But from, from the couple images that I saw and, and things that I read is our most, if not all of our normal everyday shoes that we would wear have overly cushioned reinforced soles, which raises our heel. And so we're always on a bit of a decline where our, our toes are pointed downward. Um, they're also, you know, scrunched tightly together. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, I've seen people, um, their toes are very, very close together. Some, they even kind of like cross over each other. Uh, and I think that can be a result of just of the, the types of shoes that we wear. They made a great analogy to where, our feet and our hands should be very similar. You know, if you spread out your hand, you know, you've got big gaps, big distances in between, in between your fingers. But if you spread out your feet, um, 
I mean, I have a little bit of a gap in between mine, not, not definitely not as wide as fingers, but, um, they probably could be even more accentuated, um, that they should act in the same, you know, acting with multiple points of contact with, with the earth's surface, you know, you have more, uh, strength, power, stability, uh, when you have those multiple points of contact. So I think it's something really interesting to look at because there's this, this graphic of, you know, when our feet are on a decline because of our elevated heel, then our pelvis is tilted forward a little bit, then causing our, um, our back to lean, lean forward into like a somewhat of a hunched shoulder position. And so we're, we're slowly getting all out of whack with, with our, our angles and our posture because we're on this decline all the time. And I haven't looked into the science extensively there, so definitely don't really quote me on that yet. I, I want to research that a lot more because it's it's very interesting. And I, I think something like that, because of the work that I do, being on my feet basically all day, walking uh, long distances, I think that can accelerate you know some some bad posture and and can put extra strain in in areas where uh, you shouldn't have that strain. So. Um, that was one of the the benefits that I saw looking at, at going barefoot more, you know, especially in the house or, um, you know, if you're out in the backyard or doing, doing something, um, but as well as exploring those barefoot shoes. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to wrap up with here, uh, in conjunction with going barefoot is, is a concept called grounding. And this can kind of seem, it seems a little woo-woo-ish to me. Um, I'd love to know about anybody that has experienced grounding or does a grounding practice. But basically, what I mean by that is you are making direct contact with the earth's surface with your bare feet. And when that happens, there has been some some science done that people have seen improved sleep, um, better inflammatory markers, immune response, and even wound healing. Um, again, I want to look into that a lot more, but it definitely sparks an interesting conversation. And the main theory behind it is, is the Earth's surface has a slight negative charge to it. So there's free electrons that can, can float around. And when we make contact with the Earth's surface, with, with our bare feet, those free electrons can flow from the ground to our body um, supposedly helping reduce oxidative stress in our cells. And that's, that's the main theory behind it. There's, there's a lot more that I saw, but just wanted to introduce that topic because I think it's an interesting point of conversation. Um, There appears to be some science out on it and a lot of anecdotal stories that I've read, but I think it could be pretty interesting to look at. So, um, that's pretty That's going to be about it for, for this thought load Thursday. Appreciate y'all hanging with me. And, um, you know, if you guys like this type of episode, kind of, hopefully it applies to a lot of you. Hopefully somebody learned something about their lower back pain and, and can understand what's happening a little bit better. Um, or as well as get, get some good resources to, to figure, figure some stuff out, um, on their own. So if, if you like stuff like this, you know, the best way to let us know is by leaving us a review on, on our website, you know, dualaday.com or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, that's how you can support us best. We appreciate anybody that does that. Um, you know, interact with us on, on our social medias or, or our website and you know, everything is at dual the day. 
Um, definitely would love to have any type of conversation with anybody. So in closing, the, the thing that has been drilled into my head time and time again, every time I hurt my back by everybody is lift with your legs, not your back. And as always, begin the duel, win the day.